Oh, we appreciate that so much. Our preacher for tonight and this weekend is Pastor Larry Arbo. Pastor Arbo has been the pastor of Park City Baptist Church in Surrey, B.C. for 30 years now. Well, he's retired, if you can call it retired, but for nearly 30, for over 30 years he pastored that church. And then how long ago did you retire officially from the church? December of 13, December of 2013, but since then you've preached almost every Sunday somewhere. I see his Twitter account every week, glad to be here and these folks, and, and so he's been very busy helping churches, encouraging churches. Uh, Lord burned me about having Brother Arbo years ago, uh, the Soul Winning Conference in Barrie, he preached a message, and a lot of times I'll go to a conference and I'll hear some messages and I'll remember an illustration, I'll remember a funny anecdote a story that they told, but I remembered his message and I remembered every point of the message. Uh, when Jesus passes by, fishing picks up and fault finding ceases and I can remember all these points and I thought, boy, that, that's something that the Holy Spirit used that to, to work in my heart. And then uh, we reacquainted at the men's retreat the last few years in, in British Columbia. I had the privilege of preaching the last couple or two of those and Brother Arbo was there and we spent some time together and uh, just learned from him and encouraged me. And so I wanted him, you folks to meet him and I hope he's a blessing to you this weekend. So let's have our Bible's ready as he comes and preaches to us from the Word of God. Well, let's take our Bibles this evening, please, and turn to the book of Psalms. Psalm number 92. Psalm number 92. Might I say it's an honor for me to be here. It's special. Uh, I, uh, I love church. I grew up in church. My, uh, my dad was a preacher. My dad preached for 65 years. He didn't pastor that long, but he, I guess I'm following in my dad's footsteps in that he retired. My mom was in poor health and he retired and uh, then ended up traveling across the country in Canada and of course some of the U.S. preaching, filling in. And uh, he used to joke about it. He said, I feel like a spare tire because the pastor would call him and say, you know, I've, I've got to be out of town for this Sunday or uh, I'm ill and can't preach and so on and my dad had to be ready to go and uh, so he said I feel like a spare tire and uh, of course I, I know some of you will relate to that full of hot air amen and uh, but ready to go and I, uh, I counted a privilege this is exciting for me I've been here I was here many years ago I think it was the year 1977 uh, when uh, Dr. Strachan was pastor and uh, I've, of course, been on the West Coast for all these years. We went out there in 1980, it was 82, we left Barrie. I was living in Barrie at the time. And we started the, the Park City Baptist Church, myself, my wife, and our three sons. And uh, God has blessed, and I'm going through a, a bit of a funny period right now in that I, I retired. And uh, my youngest son, Andrew, worked with us for 10 years. He was a youth pastor. And so when I retired, I put together, uh, before leaving the church, we put together a pulpit committee and so on. And uh, about two weeks went by, and one of the men came to me and said, will you, rec will you recommend your son? And um, I said, well, I said, if you want more of the same, I'll recommend my son. And so now my son is the pastor. This is, it's really funny for me, uh, because uh, the church I attend when I'm there in the area, my youngest son is the pastor, and I... We sat in the office and had a chat when he, uh, the first Sunday he was the pastor and so on. And, and I said, I can't believe this is happening. This is wonderful. And he said, uh, yeah, Dad. He said, it's a blessing. And I looked at him and I said, good night. I used to change your diapers. And he said, yeah, that's okay, Dad. He said, I'll look after you. And I left it right there. <laughs> I left it right there. 
You know, sometimes you get into something and you think, I've gone too far. <laughs> but I want to talk, and, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to be uh, brief. I'll try to be brief no matter how long it takes. <laughs> but, but I just want to talk to you about the church. I'm excited about what I see here. What, what you have, preacher, and what you have, Bethel Baptist Church, is rare. It really is. I'm talking about a church that, that, that stays on track all these years. Some of these dear folks you have seen and, and met tonight that have been here for years, that's special and don't ever take it for granted. It's the old story, folks. You don't know what you have until you don't have it anymore. And so just enjoy, squeeze everything out of it you can squeeze. I'm thankful for your pastor. I love his spirit. He has a tremendous spirit. And, you know, he's, he's a gift to the church. You understand that, right? Um, and usually gifts, when they come, they're wrapped up. Uh, he doesn't have any fuzz, but uh, <laughs> anyway. I, the, other, the other thing I like about him is his haircut. He's the same kind of haircut as I have. And uh, there's, uh, I guess there's about four stages that there's hair, fuzz, is, was. And that's the way it goes. There's nothing we can do about it. But um, tonight I'm, uh, I'm overwhelmed with... Uh, the spirit and uh, the, uh, the anticipation, and you folks are just going on for the Lord, and that's a wonderful thing. I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight about, about the church. You know, it's always, it's always an honor and always a privilege and always a pleasure to be in church. It's, it's a privilege and a pleasure to be a church member. I love saying, I'm a member of the, I'm a member of the Park City Baptist Church. You ought to be thankful and grateful and appreciative and boastful about the fact that you're a member of the Bethel Baptist Church. None of us are perfect. You say, well, you know, there's some folks go to that church that are not perfect. Well, none of us are perfect right now. Amen? But you ought to be thankful for the church. It's an honorable thing to be a Christian. Uh, we, we need to understand this in the day in which we live. When, uh, when, when everything seems to be crumbling beneath our feet, I'm thankful to God. I'm thankful to God that I've got a word that's absolute and a word that's true. And I'm thankful to God that Jesus Christ formed the church. Aren't you glad for that? I'm talking about the church that Jesus founded. Now, I want you to look at uh, Psalm 92, and we'll just read a few verses. Psalm 92, verse number 12, we'll start there. And the Bible says, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree, he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of God shall flourish in the courts of our God. Can I say that you, uh, uh, that you and, and obviously some of you have by way of testimony, you, uh, I mean, when you're a member for 40 years or 50 years or 60 years, you planted yourself. I mean, we live in a society today where, where, where folks roam back and forth and we choose this and we choose that and so on. But I mean, when you get in the church, just plant yourself there and say, I'm there for a lifetime unless God pulls me up and puts me somewhere else. I'm here for a lifetime. Planted in the church, amen. That's where you want to be. Look at the next verse. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. That gives me hope. That gives me hope that God can still use me. Yes, the years have passed by, and I'm now, I'm now a senior citizen, whatever that means. But the truth is, God can still use me. <laughs> Preacher, several years ago, I actually uh, had some contact with Dr. Lee Robertson, uh, Highland Park Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. He was preaching in a particular meeting, and uh, uh, he, he, was, he was talking about, uh, about uh, Noah, 
and the ark and so on. And after I uh, preached a message about it, and after uh, the service, a young, little kid came up to him and said, uh, were you on the ark? Because <laughs> Dr. Robertson, he looked like that kind of a guy. He looked like a modern-day Moses and very stately and, uh, and, uh, and, and very, uh, very godly man. And he said, were you on the ark? And uh, the, he said, no, son. He said, I wasn't on the ark. He said, you sure must be a good swimmer. <laughs> that kid was smart, amen. <laughs> but uh, he stood the test of time. And so here we see that uh, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that God can use me even in my old age. It says, they shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. So when I'm planted, I flourish. When I, when I just stick to it, I flourish. When I just put my roots down, I'll flourish. And I'm never too, hey, get this now. I'm never too old to serve God. Never too old to serve God. There's a lot of things I cannot do I used to do, but I can pray, and I can read the Bible, and I can try to, uh, in my, uh, uh, yes, my feeble way, I can try to help someone else understand something about the Scriptures. I can testify how God good, how good God is, like we heard some folks say tonight. I can do that. And why does God want you to grow? Because he wants others to see his uprightness. Amen? He wants to see others. God wants to, uh, others to see the testimony, especially in the day in which we live. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Now, Lord, I pray that you help me for the next few moments to uh, be a help, encouragement, and, Lord, to, uh, to uplift your name, and, Lord, to uplift the institution that you established. I thank you for the church. I pray for the Bethel Baptist Church, 84 years celebrating today. But Lord, and I pray that as long as you tarry your coming, you would continue to keep your hand of blessing upon this church. I pray that you build your hedge of protection around it. Keep the wicked one and his cohorts bound. And Lord, may this church continue to flourish as the pastor leads, as you lead him. For it's in your name I pray. Amen. After my uh, mother-in-law passed away a few years ago, we were going through some of her uh, trinkets and some things that she'd left behind. She, just about two years before she passed away, she made a trip to the Holy Land. She was over there and over there for a period of time, and she'd set up the, the plan and so on and spend a, a considerable amount of time there. So I'm going through things, and, and I found... Uh, I found a little uh, camel that was made out of some kind of special wood and, uh, and so on. So I got to keep that. And there, was, there were a couple other uh, trinkets there and so on. But I found going through the, the items, I found a little brochure. And uh, I don't know where she got it, no idea where she got it. But it was very interesting. As I began to, uh, uh, to, to read the thing, it talked about, uh, it talked about the, kinds of, the kinds of trees that were there. It talked about the cedar trees. We read a while ago here. The Bible says in verse number 12, he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. And it's interesting how when I read this little brochure, it talked about various kinds of cedars, uh, the cedar trees that were used to build over there. And, of course, it's interesting how they do have an application uh, tonight to this matter of the, the church. Solomon's temple, for example, the Bible tells us that the floor joists were made from cedars in Lebanon. And there were other parts, the walls, uh, the wood in the walls were brought in by, the Bible tells us, were brought in by ships and so on. So it was, a, it was another kind of cedar. 
And then, of course, the roof joints were made from another kind of cedar and so on. And so, you know, when you think about that, the cedar has some, uh, uh, some sustainability to it. And did you know that, in, uh, that uh, structures are important? How something is built is important when you build a house, when you build a particular kind of structure, when you build a family, when you build a church. It's important that you have structure there. Amen. And so uh, tonight I want to look at several different kinds of cedars. This brochure was very interesting, and I'm, I'm taking some information from it tonight as we apply this to this particular verse. Today, I sadly to say, the timber is being removed from our society. There's, there, there's, there's things that were once foundational are being removed from society, also being removed from the church. You can't remove them from the church. You can't take away, you can't take away the Bible from the church and have church. You can't take away Jesus Christ from the church and have church. You can't take prayer away from the church and have church, amen. You can't take preaching away and have church. So there's some things that are foundational or some things that are fundamental, if I can say that uh, this evening. Well, there's several kinds of trees that talked about in this little brochure. The first kind of tree it mentioned was a little cedar, called it little cedar. It was a, uh, a, a very uh, bumpy, rough kind of tree. It had knots on it, and it was, it was a bit of a, a twisty tree and so on. And it was primarily, according to uh, what I read, it was primarily used for, for posts, now, around this area, I didn't realize uh, out here, this, this, is, this is rural area, this is country area, and everywhere you look, there's fence posts. It was that way over in the, in, the, uh, in the Middle East years ago. There were fences everywhere. People marked off their land with fences. And these little, these little cedars, they were called little cedars, were, uh, uh, were used to make fences. And I've seen them, uh, even in, in, in my lifetime, I've seen, uh, I lived up in Barrie and uh, really in that area for a number of years and so on. And, and I used to see guys with hay wagons and uh, they'd, have, uh, they'd have these posts in the side and they'd have a load of hay on there or some other crop on there and so on. And those things would be, they'd be bent over and that thing would be loaded and they'd have a huge load on the thing. But those little things, it seems the more bumpy the ride was, the heavier the load was, the more they grabbed on and the more they held on and held the load together. And I'm thinking, well, that's exactly what the church needs. Uh, the church needs these uh, little cedars, if I can say. I mean, folks that will just stay by the stuff. Folks that they may not think much of themselves, but they understand they got a hold of something regarding the local church. And they're just going to they're gonna do their part. They're going to stand in their spot. They're going to stay by the stuff. They're going to do their job, the job that God's given them to do. You see, people like that, people like that ought to be the people that take a Sunday school class and teach. And teach for my sister, God bless her. She's taught the same Sunday school class for 45 years. That's a little cedar in place. And some of you probably the same thing for years, year after year after year after year after year, you just stay by the stuff. I'm talking about somebody that, uh, somebody that has a bus route. My heart uh, uh, was excited when I uh, rolled up to the church and I saw those buses out there. I mean, somebody's got to reach the kids. Who else is going to reach them? Amen. And somebody that just stays by the stuff. I mean, that little cedar. You don't think much of yourself. You don't think that you're the most wonderful person in the world, but you know you're saved. You know God's put a burden on your heart, and you're just going to stay by the stuff. That little cedar, that person that does the janitorial work. You've got beautiful facilities there, but somebody's got to keep it clean. And I mean, there's not, to, <laughs> there's, there's not much glory to that. Amen? It's interesting. You only... You only hear from somebody when the building's not clean. <laughs> I saw the sinks in the bathroom. They weren't clean. 
Very seldom, uh, rare, rarely a person will say, wow, did you see the sinks in the bathroom? You see how clean they are and how shiny the faucets are? No, that doesn't happen. It's when it's not done. So all I'm saying is that's important. That, that, that little, you may look at it as a little job. The person that looks after the parking lot and helps the cars to get parked. Uh, the, uh, the, the tellers that count the money that's given in. All those little things, they're important. You see, people that give when they don't really have a lot to give. Those little cedars. Your name may never be mentioned in public. But thanks be to God, there's one who's keeping score and there's one who knows your name and there's one who sees what you, I love this. In the Psalm 139, the Bible tells us, of course, that God is all-knowing and God is all-seeing. And it says that David said, he said, he knows when I lay down, he knows when I get up, he knows all about me. Aren't you glad for that? Because when you do something that nobody else sees, but it's important to the work of God, important to the preacher, and important to the church, but nobody sees it, God sees it. Mark it down, God sees it. And, and God knows your heart and God knows what you do. You see, good churches are built on folks who are small enough to follow the leadership in the power of the Holy Spirit and not go their own way. You see, it ought to be. The, 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 another thought that I have is this. The last person that joined this church is every bit as important as the first person that joined this church. We're folks that just want to serve God. There's no, uh, uh, there's no, uh, uh, no one that's a, a big shot here. Amen. Just that little, that little cedar, that uh, that little tree doing the job. Uh, you see, you may think you're, you may not think you're, you're uh, tremendously talented. You say, well, I can't sing like the preacher. I can't play like the musician. I can't uh, pray like the deacon. I can't sleep like Joe. No. I, I, I can't do those things, but something you can do, you can take whatever God has put your hand to and you can stay at it and do it for the rest of your days as long as God keeps you here. You see, you're a somebody to God and you're a pillar in the church. You're a part of the foundation, that little cedar that holds the load together. Amen? I remember when we first started our first few services, we had, I think, 15 in the first uh, church service. And, of course, when you start a church and you, you put the advertising out there in the newspaper and we had ads on the radio and we had brochures and I, I spent a month door-to-door giving out gospel tracts with invitations to our first services and so on. And uh, people come to church, and God bless them, but people come to church that, people came to church that uh, don't have a place to live. People come to church that don't have any groceries in the house. People come to church that don't have any diapers. People come to church that, uh, that don't have any milk for the children, and so on and so forth. We got a lot of that. In the big city, I think you get a lot of that. And we had a lot of that right at the very beginning, but I'm thankful to God that there were people that came along and alongside us and said, listen, we'll help with that. We'll help with that. Uh, people came along and they said, we'll, we know that there's needy folks here, and, and we'll help. And uh, we were so thankful for that. And uh, God blessed. And, and, you know, somebody, somebody's got to run the errands. Somebody has got to vacuum the carpets. Somebody's got to straighten up the songbooks. Somebody's got to set up the chairs. Somebody's got to do the work. And it's that little person. And I'm not saying that, the, the, that uh, this evening that you ought to consider yourself a little person. But, boy, that's important. The little cedars. You see, you don't, hey, you don't know what it does to the preacher's heart when uh, there's a meeting down at the church house and everything's in place and all the children are here. I'm talking about the members. I'm talking about the folks that are part of this church. Just here, just faithful. Little is much when God is in it, 
Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a, there's a crown, and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. Then it's mentioned, it's mentioned another uh, kind of cedar. It's called the fire cedar. Characteristics were it was a very flammable piece of wood. It was like dry kindling. It said that the shepherds would, uh, back in the day of Jesus, they would take these uh, fire cedars and they would uh, hit a flint and they'd, uh, they'd set, a, set a fire. They'd build a little fire. They'd sit around that fire for warmth and uh, fellowship around that fire and uh, just enjoy themselves. And the fire, became, the fire became the center of the fellowship. Not only little cedars, but fire cedars. You see, uh, they, uh, it's very interesting that uh, oil, it seems some kind of oil or some kind of something that would ignite those, uh, those trees was uh, put there by the hand of God when he created it. And I want to say that the church, hey, the church needs uh, defrosters. The church needs folks that are on fire. The church need fo- needs folks that are excited about the work of the Lord. You're preachers like that, Amen. And I'm sure there's other folks like that. I'm not talking about something that's wildfire. I'm talking about something that is just exciting and igniting. You see, uh, you understand that uh, not, not everybody, not everybody is excited about their faith as you are. My father used to say, he uses this expression, he said, he'd preach out somewhere and he said, I don't, I don't want to suggest that the church was cold, but the deacons wore ice skates. And sometimes that's the way. But you, uh, you be the kind of person that God puts in your heart to be ex- excited about this matter. I mean, I'm talking about, and I heard it tonight, and thank the Lord for that. I'm talking about when the preacher's preaching along and so on, and, uh, and uh, uh, someone uh, lets out an amen. That's a good thing. I mean, make sure you do it at the right time. Amen? And how about the, the, these folks singing the songs about heaven? I almost got carried away there. Amen? But uh, when, when, when we sing a song about heaven, we, that ought to fire us up. Amen? When we hear about someone that's just been saved recently, that ought to fire us up. We ought to get excited about that. We ought to be one of those kind of uh, uh, cedars in the church. I mean, a cedar, a cedar that's, how about uh, a Christian that's excited about salvation? I don't know about you, but I'll be honest with you this evening. I'm as excited about myself salvation today as I was the day I got saved. I'm glad that God saved me when he did because I, I, was, I was a skeptical person. And the truth is that uh, if, if I wasn't saved today, I don't know that I'd believe. Uh, you, you just, when, when you get a little bit older, you have a lot of questions. It's very interesting in the gospel of Matthew, Jesus in conversation, he said, uh, he said, I've come to save that which is lost, talking to the children. Over in Luke chapter 19, he says, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost, talking to the adults. In other words, saying it's a lot more difficult to get an adult saved than it is a child. And so I'm glad that I'm saved. I'm excited about my salvation. I know I don't deserve it, but I know God saved my soul, and I know I'm on my way to heaven one day when the trumpet sounds. Hallelujah. And you ought to be excited about that. You ought to be excited about your salvation. You ought to be excited about soul winning. I mean, when the preacher says, hey, it's time for us to go out and knock on some doors, give out some gospel tracts, give out some invitation, uh, go down and preach on the street corner. We do that in Vancouver sometimes, and uh, that's a scary thing. Uh, But the truth is, we ought to be excited about that and say, yes, amen, hallelujah, let's do it. I mean, somebody that's on fire, someone that's got fire in their soul. How about just uh, letting out a holy ground every once in a while, singing, soul winning, and uh, this matter of salvation. It's funny. at our church, people will say, oh, it's, it's that church downtown where they say amen and they shout. They don't know quite where to put us because we enjoy our salvation. We enjoy our singing. We enjoy our testifying. We enjoy our preaching and so on. And uh, so just to be excited about it, 
I'm glad that you are. Just keep it up. You see, sometimes every once in a while, it's funny, I'll be in a church where uh, some one person will be there and say, the person that's just on fire for God, and they'll say, amen, and all the rest of the congregation go. wonder what happened to him. <laughs> but you ought to be that person. You see, you ought to be the one that, uh, that warms a preacher's heart when, when you walk into the room. You ought to be, you ought to be the one that, uh, the, 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 that is excited. And, and we can all be this way. But be that, that fire cedar, that cedar that's part of the church. And we have the, the little cedar that just keeps after things. And that fire cedar that, uh, that's just excited. Uh, you know, my soul... When, when I see somebody excited about something, I want to know what they're doing. That's exciting to see what, what's up, no matter what it is. For me, it's, uh, I see the kids uh, across the street, they drag the hockey nets out. After the hockey game's over, it's dark out there, but there's a street light. And boy, they're going at it. They're excited about it. And I like to watch them. I'll cheer them on and so on because they're excited about it. You see, I'll tell you why. If the fire, if the fire goes out in the fireplace... The whole house is cold. Huh? Keep at it. Keep fired up. So we've got the little cedar. Just like, like a post. I mean, you, you, have, you have a post. You have a job to do. You have something to just commit yourself to. Stay at it. Stay at it. Stay at it. And then there's those fire cedars. I mean, those, those uh, cedars that just, they're used to warm the environment. There's another one that's very strange, and, and um, I, um, I live in a rural setting. There's a lot of trees along the tree line along where I live. I live uh, out in the country a little bit, and we live in a particularly windy area. And when I, uh, after I, I read this thing, it's in my mind for quite a while, and then I'm, I'm living out there, and I, I, one night we had almost hurricane kind of winds. And I, I said to my wife, I said, I said, is there a railway track near here? I didn't see one when we moved in here, but it sounds like a train coming down the track. And then that wind got a bit, uh, bit heavier. And then I could hear it go, and it sounded, like, it sounded like someone was playing some music out there. These cedars are called humming cedars. Strange looking cedar, has flat leaves, and uh, it, uh, it, grows, it grows in groves, lines of trees. And when the wind blows, they say it was almost like a melody. The harder the wind blew, the better you could hear it. Now I wonder, how many uh, humming cedars do we have here tonight? I mean, when, when you, everybody ought to have a song in their heart. The Bible says that when you got saved, God put a song in your heart. And I'm saying when, 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 when things are going wrong, you know what you ought to do? Hum. When it seems that you're down for the count, you know what you ought to do? Hum. I'm just talking about having a song in your heart and humming your way through it. I, I have a, a friend that uh, every time uh, that there's something comes into his life and uh, he's got cancer and he's suffering from some other health issues and some family issues and so on, but I can tell when he starts to hum, I know that he's trying to overcome something. I know he's trying to encourage himself. And my soul, that music we had tonight, what, a, what an uplifting thing that is and what a blessing. And we ought to always have a song in our heart and ought to always be able to hum, amen? When reversals come, hum. 
when the winds blow boisterous, hum. <laughs> when there's, when there's, you, you walk into the, the auditorium and you got your seat where you've always sat, but you see there's a new family visiting and they sat in your seat, what do you do? Hum. <laughs> when you're called on your, you're, you're sitting in the service and it's a, a special day, like an anniversary day and so on, and someone, lady, someone comes in and taps you on the shoulder and says, we need help in the nursery what, what ought you to do? Hum, on your way out to the nursery, amen? I mean, just a sweet spirit about it, a sweet attitude about it. When, you, uh, uh, w- w- when your car won't start on Sunday morning, I've had that happen. What do I do? Hum, I'm not going to let my wife know that I'm upset that the car won't start. I'm going to sing, blessed be the name, blessed be the name, while I'm out there with the wrenches and the hammer trying to get this thing going. I mean, a humming cedar, got a good spirit about it. Uh, when you run out of money, what are you going to do? Hum, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills, the wealth in every mine. He owns the rivers and the rocks and rills and all the stars that shine. He's got it all. He's going to take care of me. I don't know how, but listen, the Bible says, you say, well, I can't see my way. Good. You know what? We have a God that makes a way. When it's impossible with us, We have a God that makes a way. The Bible tells me so in the book of Isaiah. He said, he'll make a way. When they faced the Red Sea, he made a way. When the army was behind them, he made a way. When they had no water, it was impossible. In the desert, no water. Guess what? He made a way. Huh? You have a God that makes a way so you can sing. You can hum. When 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 the preacher's preaching and he steps on your toes, what ought you to do? Hum. I mean, just be happy. Everybody needs, everybody needs a preacher in their life. Everybody needs someone to tell them what they won't tell themselves. Amen? I'm glad for the, uh, the, the three pastors I had in, in a lifetime. And we need, we need someone to tell us. Just be that humming cedar. See, when the winds blow through the leaves, you can, you can take it and make music with it. Or you can oppose it. Someone said, I don't remember who it was, some famous preacher. He said, there's two ways to get a man's coat off. A a coat is a a, a garment of protection, of covering. There's two ways to get a man's coat off. One, of course, are the winds that blows it off in a boisterous manner. But the other is when the sun comes out and it gets warm. And a man will take his coat off because he's warm. And there's something about this matter of having the right spirit and a a singing spirit, if I might say, whereby I just take my coat off. I'm open to the Lord's leading. I'm open to the preaching that's happening. I'm open to, uh, to, to, to what the Lord's doing in my life. Just stay planted. I'll tell you why. I think the church is one of the easiest places to get a chip on your shoulder. It's one of the easiest places to get offended. It's one of the easiest places to get hurt. It's one of the easiest places to be betrayed. But if you'll decide, hey, I want to be a, I want to be a little cedar. I'm just going to stay by the stuff. I'm stuck in here. I'm planted here, and I'm going to grow here. And God bless you. Many of you have done that for years beyond measure. I'm going to be that, that, that cedar on fire. 
I'm going to be that person that I've got to, I'm thankful that I'm saved. I'm thankful that I've got a song to sing. I'm thankful that I can witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for souls that have been saved. I'm thankful for the bus ministry. I'm thankful for uh, the Sunday school. I'm thankful for the uh, other ministries of the church. And it excites me. And I'm glad that the pastor's moving us forward in this manner. I'm talking about just being on fire. And then that, uh, that humming cedar. Have a song in your heart. Always have a song in your heart. And then one other thing, one other tree it mentioned in this little brochure that I read, and there may be others, and I since have have doing some research and I found that this is fairly common knowledge. I'd never heard tell of it before. But there's a tree that's called simply the tall cedar. The little brochure said that within one foot, the roots went down as high as the tree went up. Wow. You know what? That's fast and pretty good. That's not going anywhere when the winds of opposition blow. I mean, just let your roots go down. It's not the height of your height, but it's the height of your depth that counts. It's how far the roots go down because you folks know, you folks that are my age bracket, you know the storms will come. Uh, you know that, uh, and this saying, you've heard it before, but it's, it's true. Expect the unexpected. You know, that, uh, you know that your faith will be tested. You know that the trials will come. You know that the betrayals will come. You know that the, uh, the, 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 the problems will come out of nowhere. You know the health issues will come. But when you're rooted, when you're grounded, when the roots are going deep, guess what? You're going to stand the test. You're going to be stand when, when all is said and done, you're going to stand. You see, it's what you are when you can't be seen that counts. I mean, let your roots go deep. I think of the, I don't know about this area, but in our area, the, the young children that, whose parents have no interest or regard for God, for the Bible, for the church, who's going to reach them? I mean, you just determined you're going to reach them. You're going to do whatever you can do for the cause of Christ. Someone's got to do it. And the truth is, while you, this church has been known as a church that, that trains uh, Christian workers. I mean, they're all over the place. Folks that have been through this church and are now in other parts of this country and other parts of the world and so on. So you don't know when you're, when, when you're, uh, when you're letting your roots go down and you're just, you're just uh, solid in there. You're influencing the young people of this church who one day will go to another area or another land to serve God and make a difference. So just keep it up. Let the roots go deep, come what may. There's challenges. Let the roots go deep. Let the roots go deep in your marriage. Let the roots go deep in your, your health. Let the roots go deep in your, your hurts and so on. All, all, those, all those areas of life will be challenged. But when the roots are deep, you stand the test of time. Several years ago, before my dad passed away, I was, we were sitting talking, and he said, uh, I had a chance to talk with Rob today. Rob is my oldest son. And he said, I told him this. And he said, I don't think I've told you this, but he said, i got time on my hands now. And he said, I, I do a lot of uh, reminiscing, and I make notes and so on of certain things that have passed. And he said, I was just calculating something up. And he said, your mother and I were married 60 years. She went on to heaven a few years before him. 
And he said, I've calculated up. He said, I have four children, and I now have seven grandchildren, and I think two great-grandchildren. And he said, I've calculated it up. And he said, there's 413 years of unbroken marriage in the Arbo family. And he said, I told Rob, he's my oldest son. He said, I told Rob, he said, it's your job to carry it on. Let the roots go deep. I mean, there's enough junk and garbage being thrown at us today from every angle. It's time we stood up and said, hey, this is right. This is righteous. This is good. This is what we stand for. This is the way it's going to be. We're going to believe God. We're going to trust God. We're living by faith. We believe in marriage. We believe in the home. We believe in the church. We believe in the Bible. We believe in prayer. Amen? Let the roots go deep. The tall cedars. Stands tall but goes deep. See, every time you come to church, you're growing a little deeper. We know that the church doesn't save anybody. It's the institution God put in place where we come together and we unify and we get our act together and we go out to a lost and dying world. Preacher, you've probably seen it. I've seen it in several churches I've been in. At the exit inside the building, a sign at the exit as you're exiting the building of the church, I'm talking about a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church, a sign that says, you are now entering the mission field. And that's the truth. So this evening, consider what you have here. You have a treasure. You have a most wonderful, blessed gift from God in this church all these years. Many more years should the Lord tarry his coming. But find your place and stay in your place and let nothing or no one move you on. What kind of a cedar are you? Are you a little cedar? I mean, you just, you just do it. I had a man in our church. He got saved, and uh, I didn't know his background, of course. His wife had gotten saved much earlier, but dropped out of church. And, and uh, we met him somewhere and led him to the Lord. And he... Um, he said, oh, we were going to, uh, I live close to the U.S. border. We we're going to a conference across the border. And I said, Max, I'd like you to come with me. He said, Pastor, he said, I'd love to, but um, I can't. I said, why? And he said, uh, I'm not allowed into the U.S. He said, I have a criminal record. And he said, it'll never go away. I didn't know anything about this. He'd been in our church for probably a year and a half by then. And uh, I said, well, I said, okay, I'll pray for you. And uh, well, I left it at that. I said, we'll talk about it later. And he came to me a little bit later. And he said, Pastor, he said, uh, what can I do around the church? He said, I'd love to do something. He said, I want to serve God. He said, I've, I wasted a good part of my life, and, and I owe it to God to do something. I'm thankful for that. And I, I said, well, I'll tell you this. We'll not make you the treasure for your own protection. <laughs> but I said, we'll find something for him to do. So I prayed about it and, and uh, so on, and I thought, ah, oh, I know something he can do, and please don't think I'm uh, out of turn here, but I, I said, how would you like to be pastor of porcelain? <laughs> I said, how would you like to just look after all the facilities in the building? He said, pastor, I'd be honored to. And from that day forward, this man made it his ultimate thing in life clean the floors wash the sinks do whatever 
to keep everything spotless for the, for the cause of Christ. And I, I joked with him, I said, hey, you're the pastor of porcelain. But it was something that he could do, and he did it all the days. He since the Lord has taken him elsewhere now. But for all those years, this man was, was focused on this one thing because God gave him something to do. And I think that would help a lot of us to stick to it and get the job done if we would but only be planted firmly. And then that uh, you want to be that humming cedar. I mean, there's, there's, just, there's nothing greater than somebody that's just, I mean, happy and singing. Now, I know you're going to annoy a few people sometimes when you're like that. Just say, well, I'm just, I've had people say to me, and my wife was a very happy person. Don't understand that. She's been married to me for 45 years, but very happy. And I, folks have said to her, I just, it just bothers me. You're just happy all the time. Well, hey, you know this, this, this evening, if you're saved and on your way to heaven, you, you, and I'm not trying to be unkind here, but you don't have a lot of problems. Because no matter what you do deal with in life, and when we get older we do, especially health problems and so on. But the truth is, someday, because I'm saved, I'm getting a new body. I'm out of here. I can, I can run with the best of them. And I can, uh, I can have fun with the rest of them. Because it will happen one day. And I'm focused on that because God keeps his promise. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And one day I'll go there. So this evening, how about it, folks? Just stay by this stuff. I want to encourage you. And, and you're a testimony of, of already doing this. But stay by this stuff. Don't veer to the left. Don't veer to the right. Stay by the stuff. Be planted. And God will continue to use you greatly. And you will make a difference in this community and around the world if you'll just put the roots down and stay. Be on fire for him. Be cheerful. And be that person that says, I'll stick to this job the rest of my days until unless God moves me elsewhere, I'll stick to it. And God alone will move me. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, this evening I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you tell us in your word that you can use every one of us, that you can, that you, you can use us in your work. You can use us to be effective witnesses for you. But I pray, Lord, you'd help each one of us to find our place and just stick to it. Just nail it down. I thank you for these dear folks that were here singing tonight. Lord, what a blessing. What an encouragement it is to the saints when we hear these songs about heaven and songs about Jesus. But Lord, I pray that you'd help us to do our part. Help each one of us to be fixed on that which you have for us and to not walk away, to not leave it, but to be fastened to it, to be one of those little posts that hold the load together, to be one of those individuals that is just happy in the service of the Lord. One of those individuals that's on fire for thee and an individual has the roots go very deep. Lord, I do pray if there be someone here tonight who's never been planted, they've never put their faith and trust in you, I pray that they'd be willing to accept Jesus Christ as their personal savior tonight and become part of the family of God and uh, one of those uh, foundational individuals of the church. Oh God, I pray it be so. I pray you bless the preacher.
and the people of Bethel Baptist Church and use them greatly in these days. For it's in your name I pray. Amen. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Pastor will close off the service.